everybody. I'm Lynn Petrak, Senior Editor at Progressive Grocer, and welcome to Top Women in Grocer, the podcast focused on the trends, topics, and interests that move women forward in our industry. We spotlight extraordinary women with interesting lives who have successful careers and give back to their workplaces, their communities, and other parts of their lives and make a positive overall impact. And today we have a double feature. <laughs> We're talking to two amazing top women in grocery, Marianne Kowalski and Chris Kowalski Christensen of Kowalski's Markets in the Twin Cities. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Good to Hello. be here. Thank you so much. And a little bit more about this amazing mother-daughter duo. Uh, Marianne founded Kowalski with her late husband, Jim, and is the owner of Kowalski's Markets. She and Jim started the business in 1983 when they bought a former Red Owl country store and put their own touch on the grocery experience. They steadily expanded throughout the years, focusing on elevated features like restaurant concepts, department store quality gift shops, and meal solutions. Later, Kowalski's entered added a central facility that houses a central bakery, commissary kitchen, and meat production facility. Mary is at the forefront of the grocery industry and constantly works to improve it through her role at trade in trade organizations and initiatives, among other activities in the industry and um, in her civic community. She chairs Kowalski's for Kids Foundation, a nonprofit group that raises money to help families and children at risk. Chris Kowalski Christensen is the 2023 Top Women in Grocery Award winner from Progressive Grocery. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Exciting. She's in the senior level category and she's been a key part of Kowalski's market since its inception. After more than two decades of training and education, she earned the position of chief operating officer and since moved over to CEO. She works uh, daily with COO, CMO, and VP of operations to ensure that all aspects of the company run smoothly. And she also sits on the boards of Kowalski's for Kids. So welcome both of you. Yeah, thank you very thank much. You. Hello, so, Lynn. Thanks for having us. Oh, absolutely. Um, we were talking earlier about how I was able to visit your stores a couple weeks ago, and I timed it really well because you just had your 40th anniversary. Right. That's right. That's right. Amazing. So just tell amazing. us a little bit. How did you celebrate that? I think you had some in-store events, and uh, how did that go? And how did you how did you celebrate that with your customers? Well, it really was the, was about the customers and the employees. Uh, without them, we wouldn't have be celebrating a 40th anniversary. So that was key to me that that's really what it was about was a thank you. So that's what our commercial was, our marketing was. It was kind of telling the story, uh, certainly, and then celebrating Red Owl, which was our roots. And it's a very iconic um, symbol in the Twin Cities market and upper Midwest, actually. And so uh, to me, that's where I shopped growing up as a kid. That's where we ended up buying the store from Red Owl. It's the Red Owl stayed up in the sky, lit up for all the kids that would come home and say, we're almost home. There's the owl. <laughs> so it, it was very iconic. And to this day, I wonder if we should have taken it down, but we did. And then uh, so that was a throwback to the old days, which I which is where Jim and I really started. So. And because it's so popular in the Twin Cities and mo a lot of our stores were Red Owls that we uh, eventually bought. So, um, yeah, it was it. We sold T-shirts and sweatshirts with the Red Owl logo. We sold out. So, um, you know, I think that oh, we cool. had so yeah. many things. Yeah, we had so many things going on in the stores. And and I was a little leery about um this this type of celebration we were putting on that people would understand it was about them and a little about us but mostly about them and so um but i was pleasantly surprised when we went in and it was very busy and i got to talk to a lot of old customers and chris and i tried to make 11 stores in six hours 
and we were close. <laughs> we were yeah. close. Lynn, so we had, it was such a fun day. I mean, it, like she's alluding to it, it, we were so energized that we didn't know what to expect in the stores, but they were just packed. And, it, that, and that is what we wanted. We wanted the customers to come. So we had, obviously, glorified demos. I mean, we just had food experiences everywhere. And then we had, like, a throwback 40% off coupon sheet. Like, we haven't done a coupon sheet or anything like that for 25 years. And right. so we had that for all of our high-end products, our Kowalski's products. And then we had bands, and we had local celebrities, and we had, you know, face painting for kids, and we had um, – barbecues outside and food trucks. So we just, we just threw it all out there. And we, I mean, we've been planning for a few months for this, all of our staff. So everybody was excited to see. And we lucked out because in Minnesota at the end of September, it was like 80 and sunny. So I know it was the perfect weather day for all of this to happen. So we were grateful for that. Oh, it's amazing. And on Saturday. And yeah, when I was in the store, I saw, it explained what, I think there was a little sign maybe in the gift shop that explained a little bit about what, a little bit about what Red Owl was and what it means. So I love that you incorporated that as well. Yes. Yeah. Very important. I really think that's the reason half of the people came out. It was quite extraordinary. Like she alluded to all the stuff sold out and everybody had a Red Owl story from when they were younger and they grew up and, and, and they came in in old Red Owl t-shirts that they had at their homes. Yeah, someone. and they brought us a lot of old Red Owl stuff. <laughs> yes. You probably we about, yeah. It's, it it's was sweet. very cool. It's it very was sweet. very cool. Yeah. And the employees were mm. so, so excited and mm-hmm. thrilled to be a part of it. So they were absolutely amazing. And we highlighted some of the 39, 40 term employees through the website and other places. So to be able to thank them. I was going to ask you that. Um, you know, I bet you do, you have employees that, who were there with you from the get-go when you and Jim started. And did you bring over some red, from, from Red Owl too and people who have that kind of longevity? Um, you know, I can't remember to tell you the truth. Yeah. In 1983, a few people stayed, of course. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the whole front end was full of our daughter, Chris, who was 16 years old. And so all she and all her friends were, were the front end cashiers and People like that. So, you know, that was, yeah. But long-term, very, very many, 20, 30, 39 years. Lots of second generation too. So, so when they bought the Grand Avenue store was our first store. And so they, they pretty much kept everyone. I believe that was in that store, the store manager that was running it at the time. And so he ended up working through the rest of his career with us and his wife came on board and daughters. So we have a lot of generations like grand. I mean, because we're 40 years old, now we have grandkids coming up through the ranks in leadership positions. It's so much fun. I love yes. that. And a lot of marriages. Yeah, lots of marriages oh, yeah. happen. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes. Because really? The I met was married to, I think, the, the, maybe the cheese, the cheesemonger. Yeah. The cheese yes. Yeah. One of your store assistants or managers or store. Oh, yeah. Yes. yes. We have yeah. lots of couples. I love yeah. it. Well, and that's a testament to our industry. We have so much longevity in, in a lot of stores and a lot of our industry, but that's really a testament to what you have built uh, in your stores over the years to have that kind of longevity and that really, it's family owned, but it's family in, an, in another sense too with, with your. Yes, with your very much sure. So. Yep. Very much so. And yep. so Mary, with this kind of legacy that you've had, what are some of the biggest changes that you've seen since you and Jim started business and how women in this industry have become leaders? Maybe it wasn't always the case in 1983. Things were starting to change then, but how have they really changed? Well, the sophistication of the consumer has changed dramatically. They're much more knowledgeable of food, where it comes from. Uh, things they want are totally changed. They want recipes. They want high quality. They want 
So that has been a huge change from when we started. And then the patterns have changed, shopping patterns have changed. It used to be once a week, fill your fill your cart. Now it's two, three, four, five times a week. Yeah, so that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yes, that's really changed. And then, um, you know, there's, there's smaller orders and um, needs have changed, I think. And so the grocery aisles aren't as busy as they were in 1983. Grocery mm-hmm. aisles were very full and they are not so full anymore. So that helps with the decision of we need to change the grocery aisles and we need to bring in some, some, you know, really high quality, different, you know, um, specialty, healthy specialty products in those categories. Mm-hmm. And it sort of started our private label program in a sense, because we couldn't find what we wanted. So let's make it and put it there. So like our popcorn and our peanuts and our, I mean, it, the list goes on and on and on. But that's also where all the local products come in play too is, um, yeah, we can't, obviously no business person can think of everything. So you go outside yourself and yeah. you look around for people that are doing creative and wonderful things. And I mean, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point, but the, the fact of how committed we are to local entrepreneurs and local products and being the size that we are, it's a perfect incubator or it's a perfect test site for people when they're just starting out. So we have held hands along many, many journeys uh, some people were right there, ready to go with everything. Some people didn't really know what a UPC is or how do I get one and things like that. But their products were amazing. So it it just helps us with our selection, variety, and excitement um, just to tap into that lo- local talent. We we started that a long time ago, Lynn, and we we're, we're just keep exploding it. Well, consumers love it. Like there's that whole storytelling aspect. I mean, you know, we're all consumers too, in addition to, you know, the the roles we play in our industry, but you know, we, we pick things up, we look at them. That's cool. We'll try it. So, I mean, that's, it it really suits everybody's interests too. It does. It does. And I think, I think that, you know, because we taste everything and we love good food. And so we're all different kinds of foodies in this company. I mean, there's, you know, gourmet foodies and I'm a chocolate foodie and, Chris is, you know, like good food foodie. <laughs> and so there's a, to get back to the rest of your question, I think just to finish it is that, you know, there's been a massive growth in the Twin Cities of grocers. So we never had high V's, all these Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, you know, so I think that that's changed dramatically. So we had to change with it. And we did that. And th- not knowing if it would work, but we went upscale. We got the best in the industry to upscale all of our all of our personal departments, things like that. We brought in gifts to differentiate ourselves from other people. So I think that that has made a difference. And then food to go and prepared foods is another thing that's changed dramatically. And that's kind of evident uh, throughout the store. When you do it, when you do a store walk, you can see all those literal points of differentiation. Mm -hmm. And women in the industry didn't exist basically in 1983. It was all run by men. And, and so you know, that that was a challenge for me as a partner, but um, uh, worked through it. And I just think that there's so many more women in leadership and second generation women taking over family independent businesses than I've ever seen before, as long as I've been in here. And so um, we have several women executives, which we did not have then. And we probably had one or two, and now we have, you know, at least eight to 10 women executives in the company, including store managers, directors of departments, uh, you know, those kind of things. So, um, and then 
the biggest thing really is second generation women. It's, it's amazing what's happening. So I'm really happy to see it, you know, and the clientele has changed so much. I mean, Chris and I are always, you know, there's, there's, there's kid, young men working in the delis that never happened. And there's also, um, 50% of our shoppers are men, guys, guys. I mean, it's amazing. They're, they're coming in with their carts and they're filling it up and they're tasting everything. And so that, yeah, that's, Yes. Different for sure. So it's or has more that has changed. Mm-hmm. You yes. got a front row seat but, to all of that. Those changes, yes. right? yeah, and that's pretty cool. Yes. And you talk about second generation of women. And Chris, of course, is our top uh, women in grocery award winner this year. Your entry caught our eye because you really are hands on. You guys mentioned that you taste every recipe, and you do, and you regularly meet with other other leaders. So how? Why is that hands on so important to you as your family legacy, and also as a CEO? Well, I, I honestly don't know how you would do it any other way if you're an active and acting CEO. So we are a small company. We still see ourselves as small, uh, high touch company. So my mom and I are in the stores all the time. But be, in my role, I just feel like I have to have direct a direct pulse on every single department. That's that's what's happening there. Where, where's the innovation? Where's the creativity? How are our standards being met? How is our merchandising? How are the people doing? that execute this every day. What is their role? How are they, what do they need? So we have monthly strategy meetings for every single department. And we obviously have a director. And in some instances, we even have a merchandiser, which is kind of new for us. So it's a little extra level. We don't love all the layers, but we try to keep it, you know, um, close knit. So we, in those meetings, those are usually three hours long, most likely sometimes anywhere from two to four hours. And we strategize about all the things that I mentioned. So there's a lot of tasting. There's a lot of pull products off the shelf and like as a consumer, bring it into the meeting. Let's cook it off like somebody who just brought it home. We taste it. We make sure that it's, um, again, staying to our standards. We bring in recipes at that point. Like, so we have a central bakery and a central kitchen. So, for instance, in the bakery department, we'll sit and strategize, like, what's a new cookie? Or somebody found, I found a cookie when I went to visit my daughter in Bozeman, Montana, where she's going to school. And we went to this little coffee shop, and they had, like, a walnut-based cookie with a brown butter frosting. And I, yes, I fell in love with it. So then I bring that to bakery strategy and just explain it like that. And then our bakers go off and produce it and bring it back to the next meeting and we all taste it. So it's just a constant <clears throat> flow like that of, of you know, wh- where are we going? What do we have going right now? And I, I can't imagine leading any other way yeah. than being that, that uh, in connection with, with all the products and the people. Well, that sounds a little bit, that sounds like a little bit of fun too. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So some days you just flip flop, like you go from talking about gift and clothing and candles. And then all of a sudden the next meeting is you're talking about T-bones and you have to understand about, you know, the chicken processing. And then you move (laughs) on to talk about donuts, but you know, that's, what's great about it. I love it. Absolutely. That's a good segue for donuts because when I was in the store, I think, you know, Mary, someone had said in your bakery department, maybe it was maple sticks. It was something that you had when you were a kid that you love that you have in there. We have your family recipes, maybe for potato salad. So tell me a bit, like, how did you incorporate your actual family in there? And how cool is that to see things kind of carried on in the store and enjoyed by others? Right, right. Well, <clears throat> I mean, the maple stick is a is a story that I was living in the neighborhood 
that bakery, old Dutch bakery it was called, was making maple sticks. And so um, it was a great bakery. I lived around the corner from it. And to this day, I can't believe it, but we ended up buying that bakery because we couldn't get the quality we wanted in for those kind of things. So we bought that. And with that came the maple sticks. So they were the originator, but um, it's just one of my favorite things. And I kept talking about them all the time. So all of a sudden became my family favorite. So it's, it really truly was. Yeah. And so I think that the Aunt Bet, Uncle, or Grandma Betty's chip dip is what we ate at every party at the Kowalski sided family. And um, everybody loved it. And it wasn't, you know, you couldn't buy anything like it. So I said, let's try to create it. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in bigger batches, how does it still stay the same as, you know, a family making it at home? Same thing happened with Aunt Nanny's potato salad. That was Jim's aunt. And uh, she actually, in she created this recipe for potato salad, became very popular in her neighborhood where else she worked besides here at our stores. But anyway, she, uh, and it became one of our best sellers and mm-hmm. it's still there today. So that's 37 years ago that that got created. And so, you know, that's just a couple of examples of my, my buttercream from my mom, buttercream frosting and her fudge mm-hmm. that we just have to put outside in the winter to harden. And, you know, so standards there, you know, Mm-hmm. Uh, homemade is hard to recreate, but I believe we've done it in mm-hmm. so many categories. Mm-hmm. And again, differentiates you. And um, Jim's legacy is alive and through the lot, a lot of the things that you do, right? And how are you going to kind of keep that going? Um, you know, it's after after you've marked this milestone and, and moving ahead. Yeah, well, his legacy is as strong as it ever was, he, yeah. as if he That's was big, here. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, he he touched so many lives, and he had such an impact on people that, you know, there's still stories being told, still people coming up and and tearing up, and tearing up about, you know, Jim, missing Jim. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know, he just, uh, his humanness and his candor and his humor um, touched so many people that it's, and those customers are so loyal to us. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, loyalty to us is almost number one. So I think that, you know, his, his it just lives and mm-hmm. we don't even have to do anything it's just alive it's mm-hmm. alive i love that and yeah. you can see and this past event you know really probably brought that out for you just seeing that firsthand huge huge he really did we honored him in a big way during yes. this event yes. that we hadn't done i mean it has been 10 years and as you can imagine it took us a long time to even sort of to get ourselves there but now yes. so this was a perfect time to bring him back up in front of everybody's minds, there's plaques and all of the with um, stories and pictures and things like that um, in all of our stores now that will stay in the entryways and and so. Um, but yeah, he was absolutely brilliant, but he was uh, humble about it. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that combo. He used to say that um, you know success takes way more courage than brains. So he was kind of an every man or woman kind of person, like not not too intellectual, not above anybody else, just sort of, you know, and he would teach people to believe in their own capacity and their own talent and to not shy away because you're intimidated by someone else. You have something to bring. So bring it, you know, and I think that that gave a lot of people courage to do what they wanted to do. 
Well, and that's culture. We, we talk about culture as a buzzword right now, but that's culture before people were talking about what culture was, right? I mean, it's ingrained in what you Yes. Yeah, it really was. And that was the scary part of, of passing it on to the next generation. How do you pass on a culture? You don't have a language. You're sort of considered mom and pop. You yeah. fix everything when somebody has a problem. So you're not really teaching anybody anything. You know, you're just... Um, yeah, so so I think that brought us to civic organizing, which is a huge piece of right. our success as far yep. as I'm concerned. So yep. um, I think that we originally got involved because of this, a succession plan, and you know how do we do that financially? You can all set it up legally. That's done, but how do you pass on a culture? So mm-hmm. that brought us to civic organizing, mm-hmm. and that's been an amazing, uh, I think, gift to Chris in yes. many ways. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we now have a language, we have an infrastructure built, mm-hmm. we have, you know, everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So the loss of the one person isn't going to change it, you know. So. Yeah. And it sounds like you carry that through. And we talked to, we touched about your local suppliers and you foster kind of that, that whole spirit through that as well. And through your, the foundation that you're involved with, tell us a little bit about the foundation. Yes. Well, <laughs> that, that started out to be because Jim was such an avid golfer more than avid. I don't know what a bigger word than avid is. But <laughs> it would be that. It would be that. Um, uh, uh, obsessed. Golf but anyway, that. yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, most of our friends were, I was a golfer and we'd go to charity tournaments. Jim and I would go to charity tournaments. He'd play in some pro-am tournaments and things like that. And so we kind of got together with one of our friends and said, we should, we should do a golf tournament. Let's just try it and see what happens. So, we started it, made about three thousand dollars. This year, we made one hundred eighty thousand. Wow! Wow! One, one day, I would. So say. it's really a, a public foundation, but uh, with a private side. So we don't take donations from anyone else. Our that one event is makes us able now, after thirty years, yeah, yeah. Um, to um, give away a uh, hundred thousand to two different charities for three years. Um, so the charities are chosen based on families and children. And so, you know, um, I think we've given over, I don't know, maybe $3 million, $4 million over the time. So, um, yeah, we don't have, yeah, it's just that one day event. That mm-hmm. and we, then you and do you choose different, um, different charities each year? Or do they go to some of the similar ones? Well, we keep pick one charity, and that's for three years. So okay. they can budget that money in. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a one-time deal. It's over three years, 100000 for three years. Mm-hmm. We pick two of those every every um, three years. Mm-hmm. And then we have some offshoots. Mm-hmm. These are all basically local, mm-hmm. except for Hazelden, which Jim was such a big um, Hazelden Betty Ford. Um, he was on our board and all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's so, in your backyard, um, right. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. so but most of them are all local mm-hmm. charities, Twin Cities based. Um, and that's really what the mission was about to the, the grassroots organizations that don't get a lot of federal, state, and local money. So um it's been a it's been an absolute joy. And that's absolutely rewarding. And it sounds like and it's, oh go ahead, sorry. And it's all supported by our vendors. Yeah. That's, so we have no no overhead, yeah. but no one's paid. Yep. And the vendors are the ones that play that day. Mm-hmm. And then they invite some of our employees to play with on their team. So it's like a big family after oh, all bet. this time. I, bet. You know, I know everybody, and so does Chris, and so do mm-hmm. a lot of our people. Mm-hmm. And so it's really all our vendors that, that 
that actually make that happen. And even some of the new ones, you know, that you might be working with too. Oh, for sure. Well, right. I mean, it's, it's sold out every year now, Lynn. So people are trying to get in it and, you know, it, so that's a test. We, we're always amazed by that. I mean, because they have to shell out money to get in there. I mean, I think we're relatively low price for entry fees compared to some tournaments, but they still have to, to pay to get in. And so the fact that they want us keep coming every year. Yeah, we have a waiting and, list. And spending their money. Yeah. So it's a it's very rewarding. And I think it is for them, too. Yeah. yeah it sounds we have like a live auction, silent auction, yeah. those kind of things. But most of the of most of the center plate is is paid for by vendors. So if we have a chicken or a steak, the vendors donate that. So that's why it can be as successful as it is because of our partners. Yeah. And that brings everything full circle. And you are, are you kind of in expansion mode too? I heard, you know, there's a couple, one store on the works is maybe two. So give us, give us the yes. on that. Yes. <laughs> so there is two in the works and they happen to be in malls, which is not oh, cool. something okay. that we sat down and said, we want to be in some, Shopping malls. I mean, we like to shop in shopping malls, but so really it, it came down to there's a Edina is a place we, a city that we've always wanted to be in. So we've been looking over the last couple decades of a good spot there and just hadn't really landed on anything. Well, then all of a sudden, a, you know, a major player closed that was in that Which is mall. in those malls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's happening a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so we ended up saying, oh, well, here's our Edina spot. And so we're really excited about that. We're in they're in the midst of um, getting it ready for us to take it over to start doing the inside work, interior work. So our plan is to open um, at the end of April next year. OK, okay. Uh, there and then <laughs> yeah. what's that? I'll have to come back. Yeah. And then we're, we're working on another mall location in the Ridgedale market, which is um, over in Minnetonka on the edge of Minnetonka, which is another area that we wanted to be in for a long time. And so we're just at the finish line of, of signing off on that deal right now, but that will most likely happen. And that will just follow six months later, most likely. Okay. That's exciting. We're close to that. Yeah. Very. I mean, we're glad we have the second generation here. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's a lot of hours. I know. It's a lot of hours. Yeah. Plug yeah. In. Yes. So we are looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah. And going into those communities and getting to know people and and yes, lots of opportunities for our uh, up and comers in our next generation for leadership yeah, yes. roles. Yeah. Maybe it's third generation, right? Are you going to bring? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's time for. Yeah. No yep. doubt. Yep. That's exciting. That's an exciting yes, time. It is. So, yeah. And one of the other so. things, that, before I let you go, one of the last things I wanted to ask is where are your favorite parts to shop in your own stores? I mean, it sounds like you get out, get around to all 11 of them a lot. So what are, you know, what are some things that are in your cart or places that you like to go? Maybe it's a gift shop. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about this. And for someone asked me along the way, you know, what's your favorite store of all the stores? Oh, and I said, that's my kids. Like, love them all. Who's your favorite kid? Right. I'm not going to say that. They all have things I love. Right. But as far as when I'm shopping, I, I, you know, gifted florals, right. You run right into it when you first come in. So I'm always buying something, some kind of sweater or, you know, some kind of who knows what, but I get through there. And then, um, you know, it's going to be so cliche, but I buy something from every department. I mean, I do buy our, our, ready to go meals a lot. Cause I, I hate to even admit this publicly, but I am not a good cook, <laughs> but then that drives our meal program. Because yeah. I have to actually eat 
in in yeah yeah, yeah like you I say, buy it. my my foodie uh, claim to fame is that I know good food when I taste it. So there you go. So yeah. that that's it. But I but I love shopping your stores. Yeah. It's so much fun. Yeah, and I I I guess I would just say that it's the feeling when I walk in. That's what we created. That's what mm-hmm. we wanted to create. Mm-hmm. We were fairly successful at that, I think. And so that's why it's such a hard question because I walk in, I go, oh. Like when you get back from Florida after a couple months. Season, yeah. I just, so oh, my God, I'm so glad to be home. <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, it's just an experience that you feel. It's, uh, you see neighbors talking to neighbors in the aisle. You, you, it's beautiful, you know, because that's our standard. And so um, it's colorful. It's the fresh product. It's. You know, I, I I can't name one because I. Um, you shop it all. Yeah, yeah. You shop it all. I shop it all. Shop I do, we and do. because we're consumers. Yes, so we're right. owners, but we're consumers. Mm-hmm. So if it doesn't taste good to me, yeah. it's not going to stay there. And the same with Chris and our other executives. And mm-hmm. we're constantly picking up fruit, and we're constantly checking those kind of things. So it's just a feeling I get mm-hmm. when I walk in that I. You know, like it's not even mine. I just walk in and go, wow, look what they did. Isn't that great? You can feel that way after 40 years and after, you know, after everything you've done, you can walk in there and, and feel that way. How, what, a, what, a, what an amazing thing. Yeah, I'm so grateful and thankful to all the years and changes and ups and downs and failures and successes. And, you know, it just made this be so special to me 40 years but especially Jim's gone 10 years this mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. so it's it's it was just the perfect timing it is and, and shoppers love yeah. the experience and supporting independent operators and independent grocers consumers consumers love that too and it sounds like you certainly have that with with loyal with loyal followers right right yeah and our partners that were still you know like salad girl she's national now she started, I don't know if you're familiar with Sally Girl Dressings or yeah, any of that. Oh, she started with you. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. We walked her, hand walked her through the process. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our there's a neighbor that lives next to another neighbor that does our tiramisu. Oh, I love those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I see when I go in. I said, oh, that's hers and that's Mary Beth's and that's. That's a lot of pride. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of pride. Yeah, in, it is. In, yeah. Yep. Shepherding All of these on. principles will continue on into the yes. future. We're looking forward to it. I love yeah. it. I love it. Well, thank you yeah. so much for joining us today. It was a great conversation and I just enjoyed talking to you so much. And congrats again, Chris, on your award. And, and Thanks, Lynn. Congrats to, to, yep. to you and Mary on your anniversary. Thank, thank you. you. I thanks. appreciate it very much. Yeah, thanks again for having us. We appreciate it. Okay, and I'll make sure I'm going to here next spring <laughs> to check out. Good. Yeah. Let us know. I want to meet you. We yeah. want to get together. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'd love that. And for more information, everybody, on our Top Women in Grocery podcast, you can visit progressivegrocer.com backslash podcast. And you can subscribe to the series wherever you listen to podcasts on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And if you have an idea for a Twig podcast topic, you want to hear from you, so you can email me at lptrack at ensembleiq.com. See you next time. And thanks again for listening and watching. Bye.